Hello and welcome to The Film Degree. My name is Patrick and today I have a sort of special slash bonus episode that I mentioned in the last episode about slashers and that is my discussion slash review slash rant on Halloween Kills. I just saw it. I just got back. I saw the seven o'clock showing the first one. If you listen to my last episode, you know I was very much anticipating this. It was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And well, I'll just say it. I hated it. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I It physically almost pains me to even admit how much I disliked Halloween Kills. I'm so disappointed and upset. It just... I I almost have a loss for words and I don't even know what I'm going to talk about because my brain is sort of jumbled right now and I didn't I didn't write any notes while watching it. I just watched it and came home. I didn't make an outline. I was planning to. I was planning to wait a bit before I decided to record and talk about it to let it simmer and to make an outline or something, but I I feel so strongly like about this movie that I needed to speak about it as soon as possible. (sighs) David Gordon Green is not seeing the pearly gates of heaven. I'll just tell you that it, Oh, it's so upsetting. He, he is this movie's biggest downfall really, because there's some good stuff here and there is something that, Like there's just something in it that really had potential, really did. And I, I really love Halloween 1978. I love the series as a whole, but I also really loved Halloween 2018 genuinely. I had some issues with it, um, but that didn't take away from my enjoyment or my love for it. But those small issues I had were just dialed to an 11 with Halloween Kills. And I think that's what's going to be the case for a lot of fans and just a lot of moviegoers in general. I guarantee you, if you had some problems with Halloween 2018, you're going to have those problems, but multiplied by 100 for Halloween Kills. I hate to say it. And I'm glad I have seen some people really like it on Twitter. And I've seen some people on Letterboxd really like it. It's not that common. Um, I haven't seen it as much as I saw it for the last movie. But I'm glad I'm glad people really enjoyed it. And there, there again, there are something there is some aspects that I do like, and I will get into that. But um, yeah, I just Before we even get into anything, I do want to say that this is obviously going to be a completely spoiler-filled movie, or this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. I'm going to talk about everything that's on my mind right now, and it will most likely be jumbled. And all I can say about that is just buckle up for the ride and try and understand what I'm saying. My brain is all over the place. So let's just get into what I really, I think the main issue is, and that is I don't think David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride and 
what's his name? I have the IMDb up and ready so I get everything right. Scott Teams. They are the writers and David Gordon Green also directed the movie. I don't think they understand what Halloween is. And I hate to be that person. I hate to be that fan that says you just don't understand it. But I just don't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. The violence, I don't like. And I'm a fan of the Rob Zombie Halloween films, okay? If you know anything about Rob Zombie horror movies is they are disgustingly violent and vile and trashy and gory and gratuitous but it worked for me because it was a remake and it was doing something different like vastly different from the original and that's what I think a remake should be I don't care for remakes that are exactly the same I want something a new take and that's what Rob Zombie did but for me personally this version of Michael doesn't work because it is still within the same context of the original Michael Myers. And if you're unaware of Halloween, he only kills three people on Halloween night in 1978. And it's pretty bloodless. And he mainly is a stop. He stalks them. And it's scary. He, he like lurks in the shadows And sometimes not even the shadows, just in broad daylight. But this Michael, this killing machine doesn't feel like Michael. It feels like Jason. And if this was a Friday the 13th movie, I would have loved it. I would have loved the amount of violence. And I probably would have loved the amount of humor in it. Because that's just kind of Friday the 13th. But that brings me to my second point is the humor in it. Now, I, I thought it was the last one, 2018, really rode that line of humor and horror and this one just crossed it and drove a mile down the road it is the comedic scenes really take away from the it takes away from my connection to what is happening because i i feel for some of these characters i really connect to them i i have a I have like a history with them. Basically, I've seen these characters so many times and a few, a few of these characters, they've seen multiple iterations of them. And I, I genuinely, when I'm seeing these characters in peril or whatever, I should feel something. And I did, but then in the middle of a kill, a gruesome, horrific scene, a joke is cracked or it's, done in a comedic way where I'm immediately pulled out of I'm pulled out of the scene and then the character dies and I don't care because I just got pulled out of it it happened too many times and I think the problem with the the main problem with the writing of Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is that everyone is written to have the same voice I think it is perfectly I think you're, it's perfect. Everyone, I think it's perfectly doable to have funny characters in a horrific situation and still, and not take away from what is happening. There's funny people out in the real world. And if they're in a situation, that doesn't change who they are. But everyone has this sense of humor in this movie that it, it doesn't feel like there's any different 
differentiation from anyone. Everyone talks the same. Everyone acts the same. And I get, that is part of the point in this one that everyone acts the same because it deals with a mom mentality. But like for everyone could be played by the same person basically and you wouldn't even tell the difference of the two. It's It just pulls me out of it too much. And there was some in 2018's Halloween that did for me, but I didn't dislike it at all. It just, it was something new and it, it still worked. I didn't, I didn't love it, but it didn't take me out of it and did not take my love away for the movie. But this one definitely did. It just went a little, not a little, a lot too far for me. And it just didn't work. It didn't work for me. I did not feel any fear except for one scene. And we'll get into it. We'll definitely talk about the scene because it is a big, big reason and why I actually don't like the movie because the scene's kind of split into, there's two parts of the scene and we'll get into it. But what I really, another thing I really just didn't, I just didn't love was the fan service went above coherent writing or realistic writing or logical writing and it was just meant to wink at the audience a lot. Now I don't mind that Marion is in the movie. I like the character of Marion. We have seen her in the original Halloween. We saw her in the original sequel to Halloween and we've seen her in H20. I genuinely like that character and I liked seeing her. Did it make sense her being there? No, it did not. In Halloween, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills only follow the first Halloween. So with that logic, Marion never went to Haddonfield. And even if it did follow the original sequel, she still never met these characters. She never met Tommy. She never met Lindsay. And there was a huge age gap. There is a huge age gap between them. But at the time, she was an adult and they were children. So it is weird that she either lives or travels to Haddonfield to hang out with these two people who were children during the original movie to drink with them on Halloween. It's weird, but it it didn't, that didn't take it out, didn't take me out of the movie too much. I did go, okay, whatever. But it just didn't stop there. We just got so much dialogue that was basically the the actor might as well have looked into the camera and winked, genuinely. Um, Hawkins, or I'm sorry, not Hawkins. What's his name? Brackett. Lee Brackett, played by Charles Cyphers, comes back. He was also in the original, and all of his lines of dialogue are just so bad they're so bad they don't even fit the scene they're just there to again wink at the audience and it was just so overwhelmingly annoying that it's it was started to take me out and I love some fan service I'm glad we got to see some of these characters but it just it took me out I think Brackett should have been a big part of this movie but he should have been an actual character not just reciting either old lines from a previous movie or 
whatever it is he's doing here. It just was too much. It was too much. (laughs) But as for returning characters that we did not see in 2018, we see Tommy Doyle played by Anthony Michael Hall, who is a, he's a new actor in this series. It's a recasted role, which doesn't bother me too much other than the fact that he resembles Tommy Doyle in no way, shape or form, not the way he acts, not the way he looks. Uh, you know, the whole thing with Lori is she doesn't resemble what she looked like or acted like in the original Halloween. And that's kind of the point. So maybe he was different. That's fine. But Tommy is so annoying in this movie and he is not well written. And I don't want to fault Anthony Michael Hall because I think some of the lines he has to recite are just so bad that it doesn't work for me at all. And I honestly, I didn't really care about him because he, if there was such a disconnect, it didn't feel like him. Uh, I didn't feel any sort of, um, I didn't feel any chemistry towards Anthony Michael Hall and I didn't feel any chemistry at all between Anthony Michael Hall and Jamie Lee Curtis, which was not the case for the original with the original actor who I should, I'll name, let me go, I got IMDB pulled up. Um, Scrolling, scrolling. Brian Andrews. I think Brian and Jamie had a sort of chemistry and it worked and they felt real to me. And Anthony Michael Hall, I felt nothing. Again, I'm not really faulting him. I think it was mainly the writing, but there was no chemistry whatsoever. Um, Besides Marion coming back, uh, Lindsay Wallace also came back, played by Kyle Richards, which, as you may know, if you listened to my last episode, I was very excited to see. I am a fan of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but I will say I'm not a fan of Kyle Richards. I'm actually a Kyle Richards anti due to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But I was excited to see her because I've been watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've seen every episode of it. So I was excited to see her. And she does have redeeming qualities in the show. I'm not I'm not going to say she's an awful person. I don't think she's an awful person. I think she's a coward and kind of annoying. She's also neurotic, but that's kind of funny and redeemable. But I had no, I had no expectation, like I had no idea what to expect with her because as a child actor in the original Halloween, she was fine. I mean, she was a child actor. She wasn't great by any means, but she also wasn't some, an actor who I was like, oh my God, they're awful. Get them off the screen. So I, I had no idea what to expect. And I am happy to say that she's the best part of this movie. <laughs> Which isn't a good thing because she's in it very, like she has very few scenes, very few dialogue, like she's barely in the movie and she's the best part of it. I think she stole the show outside of Judy Greer. I think Judy Greer and Kyle Richards are the best thing about this movie and that is almost where I'm going to stop the good things about this movie is those two. Now, like I mentioned before, the scene I love and hated was 
Lindsay's slash Kyle's big scene and Marion slash Nancy Stevens big scene. So when the town starts hearing about Michael's back, they all go to hunt him. They're all angry. This whole movie deals with anger. It's about anger. They're all angry. They're going to finally put an end to Michael Myers. Although I want to mention in the first one, Allison, who is Laurie Strode's granddaughter, her friends didn't really know much about Michael. And I, the town also seems to not know much about Michael um, because for some reason they have Tommy do a speech on Halloween, basically recapping what happened. And there were people there who didn't really know what Michael, who Michael Myers was. They didn't know Lori's name, which I think would be realistic because there was only three murders. Well, four, if you count his sister, but that was like, what, 20 years before, um, 1978. So it wasn't the same night. He only killed three people in Halloween of 19 on Halloween in 1978 only three. And I don't want to say, oh, he only killed three. Like, okay. But I, there's a lot more people who've killed more than three people that we've never heard of. Okay. And I think the people of the town would have heard of him. He's probably a legend, but from what we've heard from them speaking, do they even know who he is? Like no one, apparently nobody has seen Michael Myers's face. I feel like this would have been a big story, maybe, if it's so famous. There, The local news would have at least had, like, a mugshot or a court appearance or something. He was charged, so he had to have gone to court. I mean, did Michael go to court? I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, I can't imagine this version of Michael Myers in court. I mean, Jesus Christ, he killed... Oh, we'll get to it. But he's literally a Terminator in this movie. There's no way. There's no way. I don't know how no one has seen his face. I don't. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. But apparently everyone is so angry about this, even though it really has no effect on them. But okay, they're angry. And they're all like, we're stronger in numbers. Let's all go kill Michael. Evil dies tonight. They chant that throughout the whole movie. Evil dies tonight. And it's so lame, but whatever. And so when they say there's strength in numbers, they decide to all split up. But not only do they split up, they have Marion and Lindsay and this couple who, I don't know why they're there. (laughs) I don't know why they're there, but they're there. And of course, they bring the comedic relief that we didn't need to be relieved at all. But the little old lady and Lindsay, what the hell are they going to do against Michael? Okay, like, let's put some people with them, please. So Lindsay sees these children on the playground and it's probably, I don't even know what time this is. Lori already had surgery from being attacked, so It's like, what, 4 a.m., 5 a.m.? I don't know. It's late at night. These kids are on the playground. She goes over there. She's like, y'all need to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, oh, we're playing hide and seek with this old, this man in a white mask. And she's like, uh, okay, y'all need to go find your parents. And he's like, there he is. And she's like, oh shit. And she's, she kind of is like, run. Oh my God. It's a scene we've all seen. So Marion and this couple, Marcus and Vanessa, I think are their names, they are in the car still and they 
fan service, they recreate the scene where Marion is attacked in the original, but instead of it being played for serious scares, it is scary, but then not scary because they make it all a big joke. And Michael kills all three of them. <laughs> like he kills all every character gratuitously. And I'll start with saying the Marcus kill I thought was very poorly done. I It was almost jarring the effect of it through his eye. I don't know if I was just seeing something or if it was just really bad. It was the only actual kill that I thought looked terrible. The kills are well done. Not for a Halloween movie, but they're well done, if not a little overboard, but that's fine. What's not fine is the comedy, and they are kind of, we're about to see a big character in the series, a very nostalgic character in the series, a character we all care about getting killed, and they kind of make it funny. And I was just kind of like, huh? I, in fact, I thought it was the worst scene of the movie, probably. No, actually, it's not the worst scene. We'll get to the worst scene, but it's it's up there in the worst scenes. It was just kind of... I'm not saying every character, like big character, needs to die in a ceremonious way. But, I mean, give me something. I was feeling something. If the character of Vanessa and Marcus weren't such a joke or such poorly written characters, I probably it wouldn't have taken me out of the scene because I think the writing of those two characters was the worst part I thought Marion was fine she died in a very fan servicey way with a bunch of comedy surrounding it but <sighs> rest in peace Marion it's her second time dying in the series <laughs> Now, the best part of the entire movie is what follows, and that is Lindsay, who is still in the... While Marion is getting attacked, she finds... She steals the pillowcase from the children and their candy. Like, they're holding candy, and she steals their pillowcase, and she there's some bricks laying in this park. She picks up some bricks and fills this sack full of bricks. And she shows up on Michael and just hits him in the face with these bricks and he grabs her and he slams her into the car and he's tacking her, he's choking her. She takes his mask off, but we don't see his face. And I do wish there was a an element to where maybe they give a line to Lindsay where she's like, do you remember me or something? But nothing is said. So I don't think Michael knows who this is, um, that he was that he had tried to attack her originally in 1978, but that doesn't happen. She gets away and I can't remember how I can't remember if she stand. Does she stab? I don't remember, but she gets away and she's running. And unfortunately there's not a chase scene in this movie really because of the way it's edited, but she gets away. She's hiding and she's hiding like in in like a lake almost or a pond this like gross area in the mud and Michael's just kind of standing around breathing heavy and she's covering her mouth and it's I felt for because I, I didn't remember from I did read the leaks um that came out like two years ago and I didn't remember if she lived or died I only remembered if uh it I only remembered that Karen dies 
So I, I did not know what to expect. And she, he doesn't find her, but he's standing around for so long and it's so creepy. And it brings me back to the 1978 version where he's just kind of standing around stalking people and it's creepy. And this one's kind of beyond creepy because he's so violent and I'm kind of, I'm scared for Lindsay. I feel for Lindsay. I really like the character of Lindsay, although we didn't really get much of her. And she gets, he walks away and she's fine. She's found later on, like in a panic, in shock, in the mud. And she's covered in just like dirt or whatever. And I loved it. I loved it. I thought Kyle Richards knocked it out of the park. I thought she was fantastic. And that's basically all we see of her. We do see her in the hospital and she's like crying saying, like he's here blah blah blah, whatever and we saw her in the bar originally with Marion and Tommy but that's it that is all we see of Lindsay and I'm very disappointed I thought she would have a bigger role and I was getting nervous when the the credits were rolling at the beginning of the movie that she's so low but she's barely in the movie and it's a shame And it's a shame because I think it's part of the reason why some of the writing didn't work because the whole point of this movie is trauma. The whole point of the last one was trauma. And this one's kind of more like a group trauma instead of generational trauma. And they are really like putting that into people's heads in the the press circuit or whatever, the press junkets and all the interviews. They're all like, this is about trauma and yeah. I don't think we really get much of that, to be honest. I would have loved to have seen where Tommy and Lindsay are in their lives. I like that they were still friends. I feel like they would be forever connected in some sort of way to having experienced what happened in 1978. But I I don't know who these people are. I don't know how it affected them at all. I know how it affected Lori. We saw it. it was That was the whole point of... 2018 but night or but kills focuses heavily on the town of Haddonfield and barely on Lori so I would have liked to have seen maybe Lindsay's family I would have liked to seen how that affected her as a mother uh something that slashers don't do is show what happens after something happens like this what happens to these people and that's what I really loved about Halloween 2018 so I would have loved to have seen who Lindsay is and who Tommy is. Tommy's very much, he's so underwritten. He's, uh, I did not enjoy any of Tommy's scenes at all. He was very annoying and that's fine that he was annoying. That's not taking away from the movie. There's annoying people in the world. Like I fully get that. I didn't care for, I don't know. I just, I just felt nothing for him. It was just, he felt like a different person, a different character. Like I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about him. So I didn't care. And he dies in the end. Well, supposedly he dies off screen. I think it's, he, maybe in Halloween ends, they say he survives. I wouldn't say, oh, that's impossible. But from the looks of it, he dies at the end. And I felt nothing. One, because the editing shows that I didn't see what happened. I hated that whole... The scene I hated was that scene where Michael is basically 
been shot. He's been stabbed multiple times. He's been beaten and he is seemingly dead. He gets up and he just kills an entire group of people fighting him off, just annihilates them. And we don't see it. It's like fast cuts and up close shots. And it's just so, it's so much. And it just kind of took away from the movie. I understand that he is not human. He's like the embodiment of evil, but it was just like, come on. And then he kills Tommy. And that should have been a big moment. We saw Tommy as a child. He was a main character in the original and he's just, he's gone, but like in such a way where it's like, oh, okay. You know, we, we saw him with Lori. We didn't see Lindsay with Lori. I would have loved a scene with Lindsay, Lori, and Tommy together in that hospital room kind of just consoling each other, being like, we're going through this again and we're here for each other and we're going to make it out of this or something. something maybe solid, standing in solidarity with each other. They, maybe they don't even have to say a single word. Just they're together and we would get that moment. We don't get that. And we don't... I felt no vindication from any action that was taken place in this movie. And I'm not saying I... Is vindication the right word? I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that word means. (laughs) I don't know what that word means. I felt, I'll just say, I felt nothing. I felt absolutely nothing. This movie was soulless and was filler. There was really no plot. It was just to bridge the gap between Halloween and Halloween ends. And I... I don't know where this movie is going to go from here. Clearly, Michael is not human. What he does in this movie is not human. He was stabbed so many times, shot multiple times. He's dead and then he gets up and just kills a crowd of people. He's not human. So where does this go? Where do we go from here? If we don't even need, like, Laurie Strode's character, her arc ended. It's done. She, one thing I really loved about this, the the one thing I really loved about the script is the moment Laurie realizes that she does not matter to Michael at all. This is not about her. She had her whole life thinking that this was all because of her. The killings happened because Michael's obsessed with her, and then they happened again because he needed to find her, and she finds out that Michael was brought to her. He never was looking for her. He probably wasn't even thinking about her because he, he has, he's, he's soulless. That's the point. He, he was just going, he kills and then goes home. That's all he does. So she has that moment where she's like, I don't matter to the story at all. She just survived to deal with what happened. He doesn't care about her. He never did. He was never like obsessed with her. He didn't break out to find her. He broke out to go home to that house, which, oh my God, let me talk about the one thing that really, 
I found it offensive and I don't find many things offensive. Honestly, I really don't. But the Michael's house is owned by these two men, these two gay men. And if you have not gotten it by now, which I don't know how you haven't, but I am 100% gay. (laughs) Although I don't want to say 100%, maybe 90%, maybe 80. Nope, I'm gay. Listen to my voice, okay? I answer the phone at work and everyone calls me ma'am, okay? I'm, I'm a homosexual. And these characters were so stereotypical that it got to the point where I was like, really? Really? We're going here? Okay. Like even down to the design of their house was, I rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, I know who these people are already. And it's lame as hell. It was so lame. Mike. <laughs> that like speaking of moments that just take you out of it. They're, they live in the Michael Myers house, the infamous house, and they hear something. So they grab these tiny knives, these cheese knives, and they search the house. Mm, okay, it's a slasher movie. I can get on board with that. But throughout the entire scene, when anything starts getting tense, one of them goes, I forgot to mention, all of both of them refer to them as one being Big John and one being Little John. So when they're searching through the house and I'm like, oh my God, something's going to happen. One of them goes, Little John, hey, Big John, Little John, Big John, Little John. The amount of times I heard Little and Big John in this movie was astronomical. They said it so many times and it was not funny, any, any of them. And I, I don't know, like, I think it was supposed to be like a joke or something, but I didn't get it. Like, okay, that's what they call themselves. Maybe they have the same name, John or whatever. Okay. It's it's just so weird. Like it takes you out of the moment because they're in this horrific moment and they're like, little John, big John. Would they really be saying that? I don't know. It was just so bad. Oh my God. These characters were atrocious. They were so atrocious. They are the stereotypical gay men who have impeccable style. They are, they love Halloween. They're dressed up in Halloween. They're a little campy. They hate children. They clearly aren't, they're like those, those gay men who are like kind of mean to kids because they have no parental instincts whatsoever or whatever, that trope that if you're gay, you kind of know that people, those people, whatever. It was, it was just so every, every stereotype you could put into a gay character, these characters had, and they weren't funny. And even if they were meant to be funny, they shouldn't have been meant to be funny because it just didn't work, did not work. Um, but speaking of funny, another death, another one that did not work for me is that older couple. I liked them. They had the same sense of humor and same type of dialogue as everyone else in the movie, but I liked them. I thought they were likable and they are killed in the most horrific way. It is so 
like heartbreaking because well they they like the old lady is like driving a drone or flying a drone or whatever and then it goes into the other room and then it's thrown back into the room because michael's there so the old man goes to check it out he finds michael in the bathroom it's scary and he shuts the door and he's like there's a big man in our bathroom and he's like we gotta get out of here like it is written to be like funny and it's like what michael myers is terrifying in this movie and these characters are like let me get in a one-liner here actually let me get five one-liners where it's not a one-liner anymore it is just a paragraph of dialogue okay it's it was so much and then he he's very the husband is very violently killed oh he's not killed he's attacked because he is alive for the next part he then, Michael then attacks the wife and you hear the husband calling her name and it is so heartbreaking and so awful and it goes to the point where it was so much that I was just like, Jesus Christ, we are kind of going into some Rob Zombie territory here just a little bit. And then Michael, so then it, there's a close up of the woman and she's been stabbed in the neck or whatever and she's dying and she's doing that whole sound. And Michael in the background, out of focus, has the husband bent over the table in the kitchen and he is just stabbing knife after knife after knife down his spine so they're all sticking out and it was kind of like was that necessary and I I get the whole thing with Michael being kind of I don't know if playful is the word to use but he is kind of playful like he he does like in the original he kind of admires his work when he kills um Ugh, I can't remember the name, but the boyfriend and he stabs him and we well, lifts him up and then stabs him through the, the wall or whatever. And he's hanging there and Michael's just looking at him and twisting his head and admiring. And he also put Annie when he killed her, he set her up in the bed with his sister's tombstone over her. And he kind of put, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name, but the girl's like, totally. She said totally a hundred times in the movie. He put her in like the closet or whatever. He set her up. So it's not out of the realm for him to kind of place bodies like he did in this one. But it was just so violent and for no reason it just felt so out of character and felt so unnecessary and again I am all for a violent horror movie if it works and I just don't think this one worked even if it didn't work I guess I'd still be fine with it but for this one for some reason with the established world of Halloween it didn't work and I thought he was way too violent for Michael Myers in 2018 if you saw saw that and thought that was violent and hasn't seen haven't seen kills yet, you're in for a shock because it is so over the top and like he is twisting people's head around and he he's 
being Jason, but without the MPAA saying you can't show that. So we're fully seeing it. And another thing I want to mention about these kills that it's just like, you can have such a traumatic and traumatic and dramatic moment. And there's a scene with Allison where Michael kills her boyfriend, Cameron. And she's trying to lure him away from him. And he is just going to town on killing her boyfriend. And it is so, it's so much. It's like, okay, we get it. It didn't need to go that far. And it's just kind of lost it a little bit. Cause I was just like, are we done yet? Are you done? It's not even entertaining at this point. It is just violent to be violent, I guess. And Again, I don't think that's a problem, but for Michael Myers, it just doesn't work for me at all to, he can like kill, like attack him and he doesn't die and then do the final blow. And it's, it can be a huge character moment for Allison who doesn't get many character moments and who is also horribly written, horribly written in this movie. But she has her big moment with Michael. And I did like that moment. I did like how he attacked her. I did like how I thought she acted well enough for the uh, dialogue that was written. I think, what's her name? Let me, it's um, Andy, right? Andy, Andy Matichok is how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. I thought she was really good in Halloween 2018. I thought she was good here, but she was just written not great. And we'll get into that a little bit, but I hated the scene of Cameron's death. It was so much. And I hated that whole setup. So the setup is when they all get to the hospital, when Lori, her daughter, Karen, and her granddaughter, Allison are taken to the hospital. Karen tells Allison, you have to stay at the hospital with your grandmother. Um, like we're not going out there with everybody. You're staying here. And Allison's like, yeah, well, Michael killed my father, so I want to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with um, this man and my boyfriend, and we're going to carry guns. We're going to go after him. We're 16, but we're going to do it. Okay. It was a little, it wasn't written believably, I guess, is how I would say. Her motivations to go with these people and she kind of like what did they these people gave these 16 year olds like guns okay I get it they aren't thinking logically in this moment and that's kind of what a lot of this movie is about but it was just like when I felt like she was written to say, I'm going after Michael Myers because of what he did to our family and because he just killed my father. But after that, it's like, I don't see any of that anymore. It it feels like she's over it at that point, which happens a lot in slasher movies. It's like she's unaffected by it. It was very much just kind of, what is going on? And the only character who I really loved the I don't know if I would I say I loved it but I liked and I liked her character development I saw someone else saying that they didn't think she had any and that's Karen 
And I wish that this movie was very much about Karen. What I really wish they did was that the first movie, the first being 2018, was about Lori and the second one, Kills, being about Karen and the third one being about Allison. And it really shows their trauma throughout the generations on how Michael attacking Lori in 1978 affected the lives of their entire family. So I think this should have been Karen's movie and it really should have been because Lori, I don't know if you noticed, I haven't really talked about her because all she does is sit in the hospital. That is all she does. She, that's all she does in this movie. And again, that's fine. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of her, but it's fine. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was fine. Uh, I wasn't like blown away or anything. I still think Kyle and Judy were better. Not that it's a competition, but she wasn't really given much to do. I liked her scenes with Frank in the hospital where we kind of get to see her be like, wow, I missed out on my life because of this. Like this really fucked me over and I could have had a happy life and I didn't. And I liked that that exchange with Frank and I liked his exchange with her about um, how he blames himself for letting Michael get away, which were in the flashback scenes. I didn't even mention the flashback scenes, (sighs) but Karen, I think Judy Greer is so underrated as an actress and she's really great in this movie and she I love how different she is from Lori and her daughter I like how we see how this trauma affected them differently like we see how Lori's how Lori raised her really affected her and I think if if Michael represents evil I feel like Karen represents good so in the movie in 2018, there were two patients in the escape that were una- unaccounted for. Michael and some random guy. And he ends up in Haddonfield. And the Tommy basically is like, that's Michael. We need to kill him. Even though no one has ever seen Michael. And he isn't built like Michael in the slightest. He's kind of on the bigger side. And... Yeah, so the entire town is chasing this man who is not Michael Myers, thinking it's Michael Myers, and he is from a mental health facility. He is clearly not all there. He's scared. He's confused. And the only people that realize that that is not Michael is Lori and Karen. So the whole hospital is out to get him and he's hiding and Karen has to find him. And there's this scene where she holds his hand and she's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I know you're not him. I'm going to take care of you. And she locks him in these glass doors for some reason. I don't know. There were other doors in that um, little hallway she locked him in. I don't know why she didn't lock. She didn't um, put him in one of those or were there. I feel like there were on the other side. No, there was windows, which we'll get to. But I don't know why she didn't hide him better. But it's a it's a scene where 
she feels very motherly and maybe I don't know I just I really liked it I liked her looking for him I liked her holding his hand and I liked her saying I'm not gonna let anything happen to you and trying to tell the mob of people that he is not Michael and them not listening and it leads to this man who probably doesn't know what's going on break a window in the hallway that he's in and he jumps and he they're on a very high floor I don't know what floor they're on but he commits suicide in front of everyone as they're trying to get to him and the people outside and uh, one thing I didn't like was that when he hit the ground we saw his mangled body which I've never seen someone jump from that high but I feel like it was a little uh much And I really think it would have been more effective to not see him. I think this movie would have been a lot better if it was less is more. I don't know. I think maybe just not seeing him would have tugged at the heartstrings more because he was a nobody. He had had nothing to do with this. And these people drove him to death, like drove him to his suicide. And it was a a moment I liked. And I liked that aspect of the movie of people hunting Michael down and kind of just going crazy. And um, and becoming the villain in a way. I thought that was really interesting. But again, it just, once that happened, it was kind of over. Like that plot line was done. And I felt there was (laughs) nothing to it. I don't know. It was, I think Judy and Kyle scenes were the best. And I really, really enjoyed that, those moments with Karen. And we'll get to what happens to her closer to the end. But I want to circle back to the flashback scenes, which they really convincingly had Donald Pleasance playing Loomis, who passed away many years ago. Um, they like did a good job visually. Like I couldn't tell that that, I don't know if that was old footage or CGI or a mix of both. I don't know. The voice sounded off to me. I don't know if it was someone doing an impersonation or if they used old, old like voice clips or something, but it was pretty good. Did not take me out of the movie whatsoever, which it has in the past. Like, um, Furious 7? Or Fast, not, what is it? One of the, whatever the Fast and Furious one with, uh, when, after Paul Walker died. That took me out. And the, I think the worst one that is awful is Iron Man 3 with, when they de-aged Robert Downey Jr. It looked really bad. This, I thought, I don't know how they did it, but it looked great. And I liked that aspect of it. I did not care again for the comedy in it. It, uh, it jumps back to 1978 and shows after Michael has killed the the three teens, he's like on the loose and the cops are looking for him. And one of those cops is Frank, the man in the hospital with Lori, who has a history with him, a romantic history that we learned, which I was thinking when that scene happened, the scene I was talking about where Lori realizes she missed out on her life or I guess mentioned it or whatever. I'm sure she knew that from the start. But I thought Lori was, when she was like, I always wanted to tell you, and I thought she was going to say Karen is Frank's child. 
But no. Anyway, Frank is one of the men who went into the Meyer house and found Michael and accidentally killed his partner or whoever, his coworker, the other cop. And Loomis attempts to kill Michael Myers and shoot him in the head, which after watching what happens in 2018 and 20, well, 2018, because they both take place in 2018 and kills, I don't think that bullet to the head is going to do anything. I mean, it didn't do anything in the original series. In the original sequel, he gets shot in both eyeballs and he comes back. So, but in this one, I don't think it would have done anything, Frank, but um, Frank stops Loomis from killing him. And then he blames himself for, for the murders that happened in 2018. I liked these. I thought they looked good. We saw um, Elon. What's his first name in the movie? Uh, Lonnie. We get backstory of Lonnie running into Michael that night, which I thought was fine. I really, I didn't need Lonnie in this movie at all. I felt no connection to him. Um, I felt the relationship between him and Tommy and Lindsay were a little weird. Maybe because, I don't know, they just grew up. But wasn't, wasn't Lonnie like Tommy's bully? And then all of a sudden Lonnie was being bullied. So... I don't know, but also I'm not sure if Lonnie saw Michael in the original 1978, if that was Lonnie, but, um, oh no, Tommy saw him. Hmm. I have not watched Halloween since last Halloween, so I don't really remember. I've seen Halloween so many times. I try to watch it every, every Halloween season. I mean, I do watch it every Halloween season, but. I did. I thought the scene where he saw Michael in 1978 was well done. It was interesting. I thought it looked okay. The cinematography in this was fine. I thought it was better in Halloween 2018. I thought it was better in Halloween 1978. But um, Lonnie was kind of pointless to me. I did not care for him. It was... He dies off screen in a lame way so I'm jumping all around because I just keep remembering stuff I'm sorry if you were listening to this and you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about but Lonnie so when they're searching and they're in their small groups that they spread out to find Michael even though they've been saying we're stronger in groups Lonnie his son and Allison are like they find out oh my god Michael is just going home he he's that's where he's headed he's going back to his childhood home so let's go there what the fuck how about you call someone how about you call tommy who's the leader of this pack how about you call literally anybody because the whole town is out to kill michael why the hell does allison say well that's where we're going and they just go by themselves um, okay. 
no backup, no police, no, hey, I think he's here, nothing. I also feel like they would have thought that Michael would go there. So I'm surprised that the police weren't already at the Myers residence, but whatever, that's fine. So Lonnie tells Allison, hey, you need to stay here with my son. Like you both are staying here. And she's like, you expect me to not go in there after he killed my father? And he's like, no, I'm asking you to do that though, or whatever. So he goes in there and is, they hear a gunshot. First of all, why the hell is he going in there by himself? At this point, this night, Michael's killed what? 30 people? Like, I'm not even exaggerating. He kills at like at least 30 people. At least. He killed, what'd they say, 11 firemen or something? Insane. And I don't even remember how many people he killed in Halloween 2018. I don't remember how many that was, but he's killed so many people. And you think you're going to just kill him by yourself? You're not going to call for backup? Insanity. So he gets killed off screen. And then <laughs> Allison and Cameron are like, we have to go in there. Let's get our guns. And they go in there. And then they're attacked and Cameron dies. And Allison witnesses it. And when Michael's about to kill Allison, all of a sudden, her mother Karen shows up and stabs him. And I was like, yes. Thank you, Karen. I love you. I love, I think Karen is fair. She holds back, but she's definitely a fighter. Lori raised a fighter. There's no way she wasn't going to. And she, she fights Michael, takes his mask off. And she's like, if you want, like, come after me, come get your mask. I'm an innocent woman, just like your sister was. Come kill me. And I thought this was going to be her death scene. I was like, because I knew she was going to die. I was like, that is so sad. Allison is going to see her mother die after her father died a couple hours earlier. And she's going to get away because her mother distracts Michael in time for her to kill her. Or in time for Allison to escape. Or whatever. I don't know what that sentence, I don't know what I just said. But she has a at like quote unquote chase scene it's like the worst shot chase scene the worst edited chase scene it's not even a chase scene she runs away he follows her i can't believe this movie doesn't have a good chase scene like at all it's insanity to me the last one really didn't either allison had a small one but it wasn't great by any means at all Lori's in 1978 was so good when she's running across the street and she's like screaming for help and banging on doors for help and they just turn the lights out on her. It's great. It is so good. And the trailer for Scream played before this. Now, Scream knew how to do a chase scene, okay? Let's talk about Scream 2. Courtney Cox's chase scene in Scream 2 is one of the best of all time. It is so good. Sarah Michelle Gellar's and I Know What You Did Last Summer, amazing. This was so bad. It was so... 
I wasn't, there was no fun to it, which chase scenes are so fun. I felt nothing. I was just kind of like, wait, what's going on? Cause they were like weird cuts. And then all of a sudden a crowd surrounds Michael and she says a line that she said in the last movie. Hello, wink at the audience, Judy Greer. How about you look into the camera? And she says, gotcha. And they beat Michael. And Karen, who already stabbed Michael in the Michael house when she saved her daughter, she stabs Michael like in the back of the neck, basically the back of the head. And he's shot, he is beaten, he's stabbed, and he's down. And then it just cuts and she's back at the Meyer house, which I don't even know how far of a run she did, but she's back at the Meyer house with her daughter and the police are there and people are there with Allison and her. And there's still people surrounding Michael and Michael gets up and kills everyone around him, including Tommy in the worst way. It was like up close shot of slicing the Achilles tendon up close shot of stabbing someone up close shot of hitting someone with bat POV shot of Tommy's POV getting hit in the head with a baseball and blood everywhere. Like it was just, I couldn't tell what was going on and he killed what, I don't know, 15 people. It was insane. And it was just like, really? He got up. Ugh. All right. Whatever. So clearly he's not a man, which I forgot to mention when he's chasing, (laughs) when he's again, in quotes, chasing, um, Karen and he has no mask on, she's holding it. So we see the back of Michael's head and he has like one of those receding hairlines that went to like the back of his head. Like it's so bad. Like, is that why you're so mad, Michael? That you went bald? It's, I don't know. I kept staring at his bald head and I was kind of like, No disrespect to balding people. I think I'm going to be bald at a young age. I don't know. That was me knocking on wood in case you didn't know. But yeah, so Michael's a baldy. But so he kills all those people, like 15 people. And then Karen sees like the ghost of Michael or whatever, like the essence of Michael, who I guess was the Michael as a child or whatever, which they released a picture of him and... That wasn't in the movie, but that's all right. And she goes upstairs to his room where they say Michael used to stare out the window. So, which really was just his reflection or whatever. We learn that he was just looking at his reflection. He was looking at him. And he just, she goes up to his room. She's looking in the window where he stands. And then Michael pops up behind her and kills her again in like a flashy way that almost looks like a dream. And it's like choppy and we don't see what happens. And then it cut. And then while this is happening or whatever, Lori is at the hospital still doing this awful monologue that was so cheesy. I honestly wasn't even paying attention to it because I like zoned out. I was like, what the hell is this old lady talking about? It was so over the top and not in a fun way. It was just kind of like, okay, old lady. Mm, What? Like, all right. And then it ends. And I didn't stay to see if there was any end credits. So if there is, I'm sure I'll hear about them. But I just, 
I hated it. I did not like it. I didn't think any of the motivations felt authentic. I didn't think it was written well. The score was fine. It was the Halloween score, but I thought the score, they added some, like there was an extra spice or whatever to it in 2018. This one was like, okay, the kills were beyond the point of like, I don't know. It was just so much. It was so much. The characters of Tom, like Tommy and Marion, the fan service, the cinematography was bland. Michael was just a Terminator, which he has been in the past, but it just didn't work with this one. And uh, I just really didn't like it. And I don't know where it goes from here. Lori realizes that she means nothing to the Michael story. And I guess now she's like, oh, I got to get revenge on Michael. And if you didn't know, the original plan was that Halloween ends was going to take place on the same night again. And it was going to like end at sunrise or whatever. But then COVID happened. So they decided, actually, let's make it set in 2022 and make COVID or something a part of the storyline. <sighs> okay. What? So we see Lori become a huge anti-masker? Because that's probably what she is, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I almost don't care. I really don't. Like, after seeing this, I had such a bad taste in my mouth from what I just witnessed and what I feel like it kind of did to the 2018 storyline. Ugh. What is Lori going to do at this point? Like, leave. I guess, yeah, she has to get revenge for killing her daughter, but like, Honestly, you could tell me that that was a dream sequence and I would be like, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Ugh. And I wouldn't have minded if Karen killed Michael, maybe in a more climatic way or a cinematic way, but I don't, I guess I didn't need Lori to kill him. He could have died at this one and I would have been perfectly fine. I... He's not human, so he can't be stopped. So what What do we do? What? Ugh. So we can see more trauma? I don't, I don't know. And I'm interested to see more of Lindsay. She survived this movie, surprisingly. So maybe we'll see more of her. I don't know. I'm, I'd be, I'd be interested in seeing her. I'm excited to see her. But am I like jumping at the chance to see Halloween ends? No. And I was really excited for Halloween Kills. Like I was so, I was so ready for it. And now I'm just like, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm so disappointed. Like I'm disappointed that I didn't care for it. I don't, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in the filmmakers because the, the, what they made is what they made and they should be proud of what they made. Making something is very hard. Putting something out there and having assholes like me just tear into it is hard. And I think they should put, pat themselves on the back. Genuinely. I just, it was not anything I wanted. And that's okay. I think if you enjoyed it, there is stuff to enjoy about it. If you do like the gory kills, great. There's something for you to enjoy. If you like the comedy, great. There's something for you to enjoy. If you just love the characters like I do, great. There's something to enjoy. 
Um, so I, I don't want to say, like, shame on you, David Gordon Green, even though I, I kind of did in the beginning, but it is what it is. I didn't care for it. What I would have done is made a much quieter movie than 2018. I don't think you need to go bigger. Bigger is not always better. Uh, I would have had it be more based on the town looking for him and maybe like scares of, did they see him or did they not? Is he following them? Maybe him following different parts of the crowd. We never know where he is. That would be interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be scary. I would have loved to have seen Lindsay, Lori, and Tommy together and acknowledge the pain that they have endured together and have that solidarity I think that's what this movie should have been about is solidarity I feel like the theme was anger but that anger was misguided or it was misguided by the filmmakers I'll say because if anyone should be angry it is Lori Karen Allison Tommy Lindsay and Marion I'm not exactly sure why the town is so angry and certainly Michael's not angry. And I thought the kills kind of represented the anger in this movie, but like Michael's not angry. He doesn't feel anything. He just kills and then goes home. They stated that in the movie. So I would have focused the movie's anger, like the, the anger I would have given that to the characters of Tommy and Lindsay. I would have really enjoyed a movie on Tommy and Lindsay, honestly. Uh, I don't think it needs to be about Lori. If she was in the hospital, keep her there. Let's have that storyline going. But the jumping back and forth, like I would, I would like them to jump. I'm kind of tripping on my own tongue here. I think the screen time for Lori was fine and justified. I don't think this movie needed to be about her. I don't think this movie needed to be about the town either. I think the town could have gotten involved and were looking for him. But I think this movie should have been about Tommy and Lindsay rallying the town up to look for him and Michael to kind of be stalking in the shadows and hide. Not really, he's not really hiding. He's just watching that would have been what I would have wanted out of Halloween kills. And honestly, I think the kills should have been tapped out at 10 kills. I think that's excessive considering the original and that this takes place within the context of the original. The first or the Halloween 2018 had, I don't even know how many kills, but it was a lot and I thought it was a little much. But... I think a much quieter, more focused movie on these characters' emotions rather than really... This movie doesn't really have a plot at all. Like, there's certainly one there, but it's not It's not a plot-heavy film at all. It was mainly filler between Halloween and Halloween Ends. It, it was kind of a pointless movie. It didn't need to be pointless if we focused on Tommy and Lindsay. I 
think Tommy's character was a little too aggressive for me. And I understand he wanted to put an end to it and it kind of worked, but also didn't because I felt there was such a disconnect from the original version of Tommy. I actually think 18 and kills went a little far with Lori to the point where it was a little much, but it was fine. It's fine. (sighs) Oh, and this just came to me when I was talking like a few minutes ago about the, um, comedy and the comedy, the kills and the fan service slash winking into the camera. They had the character of Julian from the original, being interviewed by the news after he saw his babysitter and her boyfriend get killed just hours before. And she, he makes a joke that was made prior to them getting killed in the original where he's like, she was my, like the list of my, whatever her, his favorite babysitter, whatever. And it was a joke and the audience laughed. And I was kind of like, really? He's making a joke right now. It was just kind of like, if they're not taking it serious, why am I taking it serious? Like some movies can get away with being horror comedies. I don't think Halloween is that one. I think uh, the characters in the original Halloween were funny. I think Loomis was funny in his own weird way. He was like the crazy old man. He was funny. I think Laurie's friends were funny. I know a lot of people don't care for them and find them annoying, but I found them funny. They were taken seriously as characters. I don't think these characters were taken seriously. And this is a movie where it's being like shoved down our throats that we take these characters very seriously. We're doing something that horror movies never really delve into. And that is their character and what happened to them and how it affects them and blah, 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 blah. And this one didn't. And even while this kid is talking about his babysitter getting killed in a comedic way, the people watching the news story are like, oh yeah, that's the little asshole across the street. What the hell? It was just, it was too much. It was too much. So I think this would have worked much more smaller, more contained, more focused, less comedic movie that took its characters a little more seriously. And that's a lot. So basically a whole overhaul, but yeah, that, (sighs) I really hate to say, I really hated to make this. I was hoping I was going to just have nothing but rave reviews and praise for it. But really, the most I can praise is Judy Greer and Kyle Richards. I'm sad to see Judy go. I hope we can see more of Kyle in Kills. And I have no idea where this series is going. No idea. And didn't Jason Blum just say like, oh, I see the series going past ends. Is it going to have Michael in it? Because I'm I'm over it. And I'm not to say I'll never, I will watch Halloween Kills again. I'll probably watch it very soon. I'll probably get Peacock just so I can watch it again. And you know what? Maybe my opinion will change. I don't know if it will. I will probably still enjoy this movie to some degree because let's be real, Halloween 5 and 6 are no Oscar winners here. They're (laughs) not very good movies. Really, a lot of the Halloween movies are not good movies, but I can still rewatch them on Halloween season. I'll still rewatch this movie. 
I maybe I'm just so just disappointed because I had such high hopes for this, even though I know a lot of critics were criticizing it. And I saw people criticizing the violence. I was kind of like, okay, well, it's a horror movie, so get over it. But after watching it, I was like, okay, I get, I get it. I get what they're saying. It's a little much. Didn't really have much to say. It, when it did, it kind of just dropped those really fast. It had two good scenes. And I think that was Karen finding the, the patient in the hospital and the mob trying to get to him. And... Uh, Lindsay's attack. I think those are the two strongest points of the movie. And yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. My brain is still all over the place. I'm not sure if this was cohesive at all. I'll listen to it again when I edit it and edit all my ums and my loud ass breathing out, at least a lot of it. So I would love to hear what everyone else thinks. Uh, so let me know. My social media is linked in the description of the show. If you want to follow me on there, my, um, if anyone wants to comment on that, um, it has my letterbox and everything is linked to my letterbox, but really the people who are probably listening to this right now already know me. So if you watch it, let me know what you think, because I am very curious to see how people take this movie. I think it's going to be very controversial within opinions, but yeah, that's about all I had to say, which <laughs> an hour and a half's worth of talking or without editing, it's I'm on an hour and 21 minutes. Whew. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I don't know where this is going. I'm kind of down for anything at this point because I have no expectations. So yeah. <laughs> and it, I think Jamie Lee Curtis did a fine job. So no hate against her whatsoever. Um, it is what it is. Kyle Richards might have made a fan out of me, though, so I never thought I'd see the day. So, yeah, that's it. Um, let me know you guys think, and thank you for listening. Hopefully I get a, another episode out. I don't know if I'm going to get another one out before October ends, and I'll do another horror movie. I'm not sure. But November, I will not be talking about horror movies. I will dive into something different. So you'll hear from me. I'm not sure if I will... After doing this, I, I enjoyed talking about one movie instead of a whole topic. So maybe I'll switch it up for a little bit and talk about some movies next time. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening. And I hope to hear from everyone who listens to this. I hope to hear from their opinion. And... You'll hear from me again. Thank you.